So, Father, we love you, and um, just not ready to preach yet, Lord. I just feel like we need to come to you. We pray, God, now that as we were just reminded by that song that we are little, that in the grand scheme of all of creation, we are but a speck of sand on the beach. But, God, to you, we are significant. To you, we matter. And so, God, I pray now in this moment that you will speak to our hearts, that you will prepare our ears and our hearts to hear what you want us to hear. For each one of us is in a different place, in a different scenario, in a different situation in life right now, God. And I just feel in my heart that you want to speak to somebody this morning through these words that Jesus taught us. And so, God, help us to be still when we need to be still. Whatever the thing is that's on our heart that may be keeping us from truly being present in this moment, pray that you would convict us of that right now. Pray, God, that you will release us from that. That you will calm our spirit instill our heart so that we can hear what you want to say to us. We thank you, Abba, for providing a will for each one of us, your will. And we pray now, God, that you would give us our sustenance. In your name we pray. Amen. So there's a story that I heard um, that comes out of World War II, and this is a story that I've, I know I've shared it in the sanctuary, and, and some of you may have already heard it. If you have, just deal with it, because it's a good story. Um, you know, we're in our series uh, in the Lord's Prayer, and this week we're talking about, give us this day our daily bread. And as we've said over the past several weeks, every single word that Jesus teaches us to pray is very specific, very intentional. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, Pastor John taught us about how we have an Abba, a Daddy, a God in heaven who loves us, who looks at each one of us as his children. He desires to be in a relationship with us. He desires not only to be in a relationship with us, but as we learned last week, that he has a plan for us, a purposeful, intentional design to us, and that it's by his will, not our own. And so this week, we come to, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 6 with me. We come to this phrase that Jesus teaches us. He says, give us today our daily bread. Now, when we look at that, we can quickly just look at that and say, that's God talking about providing for us. Well, that's true. But we're going to go a little more in depth with it this morning. So there's a story that, that spread from soldiers who, who were coming out of, who were coming out of the lower of this, this, if that's all right with everybody. They were coming out of the Battle of the Bulge, which took place in the Ardennes Forest. And apparently there was a woman who lived there uh, in, in its community uh, that was quickly growing smaller and smaller because of the war-torn region. Next door to her lived a man who was very uh, outspoken about the fact that God was dead, he didn't believe in God, and, and she was in fact an idiot for, for even praying to God. 
Because you see, this woman every day would pray in her living room aloud to God, and with half of her house kind of blown away, people could hear this woman praying for God to provide for her every need. And the man, every day as he walked by to go do his daily chores, he would hear this woman praying, thinking, she's out of her mind. And he would get frustrated because she would have enough bread, she would have enough milk, she would have what she needed every day. But as the battle went on, the community became less dependent on one another because the community was ceasing to exist. And not only was the community ceasing to exist, the provisions that were coming in on a regular basis began to cease to exist. So the older woman, unable to go out and fend for herself, quickly saw her pantry and her supplies dwindling short. But every day, the grumpy old guy would walk across, a grumpy guy would walk across to see that woman praying on her knees, praying for the people around her, praying for God to provide for her. And every day that this man walked by, he got more angry And he got more angry. She is an idiot. I can't believe that she is even thinking God is going to answer her prayers. Has she not seen the world that we live in today? And so finally he remembers walking by one day. And the woman was praying aloud, God, I need you. I have nothing left. I have no food. I have no milk. I have no water. You are the only thing that can provide for me now, God. And kind of in a snickering way, the first day that the man heard this prayer... He walked on by, thinking that's what she gets. The next day, as he heard her on her knees again, foolishly praying, God, provide, I have nothing left. He threw an insulting comment her way and walked on by. On the third day, he sees her again, there on her knees, providing. Now she's a thinner, older woman because she has nothing. But she faithfully prays aloud to God, Provide for me, God. I know that you will provide for me. And so the man, in 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 this enraged moment, decides, I'm going to prove to this woman once and for all that God is dead, God is not real, and and, and she's going to come to her senses. So he goes and he, he travels a great distance and he collects some eggs, he collects some milk, he collects some bread, and he gets all this grocery stuff, and he climbs up on the woman's roof. As she's praying, and one by one, he begins to drop the groceries down what's left of her chimney. And he's up on top of the roof laughing as he hears the woman praising God every time he drops something down the chimney. When he dropped the last grocery down the chimney, he came down, he opened the woman's door, and said, I proves to you right there how dumb you are, because I'm the one that provided that food, not your God. And she politely looked back at the man. And said, but I still have the food, don't I? And in that moment, that man gave his life to God. Because he had just been used as a tool of God. So what does it mean for us to truly be dependent on God for our daily sustenance? For our daily bread? Have you ever been hungry? Have you ever truly been in a moment in your life, and some of you will be able to say yes, where you, the only thing that you could do is depend on God or depend on others? It's a very humbling place to be. I remember having my shoulder reconstructed and, and people sitting in this room came to my house. My wife was one of them. They came to my house and changed my ice machines and fed me 
And I'm going to tell you right now, when you're sitting there unable to feed yourself completely at the mercy of the people around you, you discover how beautiful God is. People cared for me. They fed me. They clothed me. They cleaned me. It's very humbling to have the people of God care for me in that way. But it was even more humbling to realize just how broken and insignificant and how much I can't do this life on my own. Every single one of you is a train wreck. And so am I. But it's okay. Because we have a God who has a plan that is not a train wreck. We have a Savior who came to this place to save us. And so here we look at these words that Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer. And he says this. Give us today our daily bread. There's three complete sermons in that statement. And I'm not going to go into all the details. I wish I could. But I'm going to break this down for us in three ways. When it comes to our prayer life, remember what Pastor John said? It's a conversation between you and God. It's not about the significant, awesomely good words that you can use. It's about you having a conversation with God. He desires for you to come to him. And so when Jesus is teaching us how to pray, one of the things he points out is you have to ask. God wants you to ask him. In that statement of give us, that is a statement where we as people, when we pray that to God, we're saying we are not sufficient. We are not good enough. We are train wrecks, God, and we need you. So in a simple statement, Like, give us. We're told by Jesus, we need to be humbly reliant upon God. Because after all, he does say in Matthew 7, 7, that if we ask, we will receive. Again, that's not God being celestial Santa Claus, but that's God giving us what we need for the carrying out of his will. Because it's his will to do. So we're called by God to ask, give us. It's not a demand, it is a plea. It is not give us or else, but it's merciful daddy. Can we please have a fruit snack? I think of my children when they come home from school. They're the sweetest things on the planet. Oh daddy, can we please have a fruit snack? You're so great. <laughs> and sometimes as kids, we, we, or as people, we try to do that to God too. But God desires for us to ask him. He wants us to come to him with our need. He goes on to say, give us this day. You know, we oftentimes come to this whole concept of this day in this giving us. You know, James 1, 7 says, every good gift comes from God. And God desires, as, as he sent his son Jesus to this earth, you have to remember, Jesus came in the form of two things. Do you know what they are? He came fully God, and he came fully man. It's something we can't understand, and I don't care how hard you try to theologically explain it to me, and I don't care how many seminaries you send me to, we will not be able to understand fully God and fully man, other than the fact that it's awesome until we get to heaven. But I promise you this. As much as Jesus was God, he was also man. 
And that demonstrates to us that God cares about our spiritual well-being and he does care about our physical well-being. And as we've all said before, we're all train wrecks, so we need from God. And I'm going to tell you right now, we don't need to be so worried about tomorrow, as the Bible tells us, because today has enough worries of our own. When Jesus says that we're to pray this day, our daily bread. He's challenging us to pray for the sustenance that we need just to get through today. Because God sent Jesus to earth. He knows how hard it is to live a day on the earth. As fully human, Jesus has been in your shoes one way or another. As fully God, he's spiritually seen where your heart breaks and the things that you struggle with. I know some of the stories that I'm looking at right now. Each one of you has something that you either struggle with, that you suffer from, that you're praying for. And I'm serious, when you think about everything on your heart right now, today is enough, right? Sometimes we we go to sleep at night and we look back at our day and we go, how did we get through that day? You got through that day because God provides, because he is Jehovah Jaira. Matthew uh, 6, 33 through 34 talks about today having enough worries for us. But then Jesus goes on to say our daily bread. Give us this day. So give us asking. This day is when? Today, now, our daily bread. When we look at the original language that this was all written in, the, the, the verbiage that they use to put this sentence together, is rarely found in Greek anywhere. There was some belief that even that the theologians of the time had created this type of verbiage, but they hadn't because it is used elsewhere. But what it's basically saying, what Jesus is saying with this statement, is give us today just enough bread so that we can survive. That's what Jesus is actually saying, that we should pray to God, that we should pray as a dependently upon God as we can. When he says, our daily bread, we have to ask the question of what is our daily bread? Because Jesus cares about us physically, so obviously it's physically food. Jesus does care about your physical needs, because you remember in Matthew 4 when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, one of the things that were tempting him was food. But Jesus' reply to the enemy I don't live on bread alone, but I live by every word from the mouth of God. Jesus uttered two things there, the physical and the spiritual. Our daily sustenance that we need to constantly be asking God for is his wisdom and his provision. And the way that we can gain God's wisdom is by being in his word, by praying to God. You know, this isn't the first time in history of the Bible where somebody was talking about provision from God. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Exodus, the book of Exodus. It's fantastic. They've made several good movies out of it and several bad ones. But we're going to start in Exodus 15, verse 22. See, Israel had been set free from Egypt. They were captive. They were slaves in Egypt. And God, through Moses, set them free. And so as they're going free, they, you know, there's this grand thing, something about crossing a river, stuff like that. 
that they go out, God parts the Red Sea, they, they go away from, from Pharaoh, and they go into the wilderness where God says, I'm going to lead you to a promised land. So they follow Moses. So several days into the journey, something happens that causes everybody to be a little panicked because they're in a desert. They run out of water. So here the Israelites are. God just miraculously delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh, and they're now in the desert without water. If you've ever been in a desert without water, you know this is bad. So they begin to grumble, and they begin to moan. The story doesn't get much better because what happens is they find an oasis. Now, I want you to imagine if you're, you're in the desert and you're so parched that you feel like you're going to die, and you, you come up, and there before you is this beautiful oasis with palm trees and great music playing like we see on TV. They come up to this oasis, and then they realize that the oasis they've come to is a place called Mara, which in that language means bitter. And the people come to the realization that if they drink from this water, they'll in fact die. And so wandering around in the desert for like a week, they're parched, they're going to they're gonna die from not having any liquid in their bodies. They're, they're getting angrier and angrier, not only at God, but at Moses. And I love what happens here because there's this, this sustaining substance that has had this bitterness injected into it that has made it poison. And so what does God do? God grabs Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to grab that tree over there. And I want you to throw it into the waters. And when Moses throws this tree into the bitter, life-giving sustenance stuff, what happens is that tree takes all the poison out. It takes all the, the bitterness out of the water. And the Israelites can now drink and be filled. You know, God did that for us too. Because when sin entered the world, it made the waters of life a very bitter and deadly place. But not just for Moses and his people, but for us too. God took that piece of wood in the cross of Calvary and he threw it into the waters of our lives. And all the poison, all the death, all the hurt will be sucked out of our lives through the cross of Christ. Isn't that a beautiful parallel? That God cares about our sustenance physically and spiritually. The story doesn't end there because the Israelites move on from that place. And it's about six weeks into the journey when all of a sudden food starts to run out. They've survived. They've seen God do amazing things. So instead of just going to God and saying, Lord, provide, they start grumbling again. So God goes to Moses, look, I'm going to take care of you. I need you to trust me. I'm going to send a flock of birds. Oh, yay, thanks, God. We're going to send a flock of birds, and what they're going to do is they're going to show up, and when they leave, I'm going to provide. Trust me. He says, I'm going to, there's going to be a substance that's going to develop on the ground. And in my mind, I keep thinking of cornflakes showing up on the ground. These, these frosted cornflakes are going to show up on the ground. And so what happens is, is you're then going to go out and I want you to only take enough of this, we'll call it manna, which is actually in that language, it means what is it? <laughs> That's great, right? If you don't know what it is, name it that, okay? So, so they go and they, this manna substance is going to be all over the ground and when the birds leave, you can go and you can eat it. And what's amazing about manna is, is it said that, that whatever the substance was, it, it tasted good and whatever it was, it, it had enough sustenance in it to simply make it through one day. 
Think about the faith that it would have to take to only know that you have enough food for today. And then for this knucklehead Moses to say to you, there's going to be tons of manna laying around everywhere, but you're only allowed to take what you can eat for today. Don't save any of it. And those that did save it, they found that it quickly spoiled and turned to maggots and was gross, and I'll spare you the details. But God provided for them enough sustenance for that day. What's really tragic is there's some people that have said that the, the kind of the circular journey that the Israelites were on in this desert actually could take you six days to six weeks to actually complete. Do you know how long they wandered in the desert? Forty years. Listen to what I just said to you. I will provide for you, says God. How much faith would it take for us not to simply believe for one day, for two weeks, or for a couple of months, but for 40 years? God provided for them daily sustenance, the very gift of life. In a desert with no water, in a desert with nothing, completely lost, without that daily sustenance from God, they would have died and perished. But... God made a promise. God showed up for his people, and God provided. It's a fantastic story. I encourage you to read. uh, I think it's Exodus 15 and 16, if you get a chance. It's fantastic. Read it. It's amazing. Then all throughout history, God has provided for his people. And then in our words of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says to us, Give us this day our daily bread. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know if you're trying to do it on your own or if you're trusting in God. But I promise you this. If you cry out to your daddy, this daddy shows up. This God shows up. And he will provide for you some of the sweetest goodness that you could ever possibly imagine. He's just asking you to have faith that he's going to show up every day with the food. He will be there. Jump into God's word. Read it. Sometimes it's hard to understand. I know. Sometimes maybe you're thinking, I just don't get it. Get into it and God will show up and he'll reveal what he wants to reveal to you through his word. That's him caring for you spiritually. Be involved in the lives of other believers. Be involved in small groups and sharpening one another. That is how God wants to care for your spiritual needs. Have prayer time. The whole point of this is Jesus is teaching us how to pray. I've been blown away by how many of you have come to me and said you did the homework from last week and how God spoke to you. If you weren't here last week, I challenged everybody to take 10 minutes of prayer, asking God to speak to them, and then to take 20 minutes and be still and be quiet. And I challenge you to do the same thing again this week. God will speak to you. I often fear that God is speaking so much to us that we're just not listening He cares about your spiritual needs. He cares about your spiritual needs. And he also cares about your physical needs. As we said last week, God has a will that will glorify him. And all throughout scripture, it tells us that he'll give us everything that we need to fulfill his purpose. It tells us in Philippians 4.19 that God will meet all of our needs in Christ Jesus. So when Christ went to that cross, all of our needs were met. We've just got to get to the understanding that what we think we need or what we want 
isn't maybe necessarily what we really do need. So thankful for David's story and, and so many of your stories. You probably have a, so many similar stories to be able to share that you didn't think God knew what he was doing, but really he did. Sometimes those moments are painful. But God cares about you spiritually and physically. He wants you to ask for your needs to be met. So, Father, we love you. Forgive us, God, when we think we can do it on our own. Forgive us, God, when we think it's my will be done. And forgive us, God, when we don't trust you. We are sinful, broken people, God. And so help us to have the faith that we need to have, that in 40 years you will still provide. That in two weeks you will still provide. And whatever that obstacle is before us right now, God, that we as people see as insurmountable or, or it can't be accomplished, God, show up for us. Do your will. Help us to see what you're doing, God, and to get into the flow of it. Abba, we love you. Provide for us. Give us today what we need. We don't need an abundance. We, don't, we just need what you want to give us for today, God. Because today has enough worries of its own. Some of us are in deserts right now, God. And we need to be let out of them. So we pray that you would lead us out of those deserts. But it may not be your will for us to be let out right now. Help us to trust you. And help us to rely on you for our life-giving sustenance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.